get on that ship. The rest of the book, to serve men, it, it's a cookbook. Today's episode, Independence Day versus Mars Attacks. Back to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. I am the Martian named John, and with me is the President of the United States, JD. <laughs> oh, okay. But if I were president, the exact first thing I would do after I was inaugurated would be like, take me to Area 51. <laughs> I need to know everything right now. This is the only reason I ran for political office. (laughs) I don't care. I do not care. We're going because ID4. (laughs) Infrastructure can wait. Budget can wait. I need to know about the aliens. Okay, tell me, tell me about, tell me, we'll, we'll talk about all this other shit on the way to the aliens, okay? <laughs> How's that as a compromise? <laughs> oh my God. Shady, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, John? I'm good. Well, happy post-Independence Day to the Americans that listen to this podcast. Um, I yeah. hope you all enjoyed the fireworks and whatever cookouts barbecues you went to i want i included both because i don't know where people listen to us and i don't want to just say barbecue and have our southern listeners like be mad at us for not delegating which one's which (laughs) thank you for covering all the bases yes i figured we should um we're here to talk about aliens invading earth and what happens that's the theme of the episode which we sometimes talk about. Um, obviously, we're, uh, nope, 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 cut that word because I don't like it. Uh, as stated earlier, we're, we are comparing Independence Day, which came out on July 3rd, 1996. Wow. So somebody had a thought. Come <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I might cut this out because everyone's going to hear it later, but that is exactly 25 years ago. You the day that we're recording up. this. You can say, you leave it in. You leave okay. it in. I will. Oh God, I feel old. I, I saw old. this in theaters, I think. I did too. <laughs> I remember seeing it in theaters. Oh, we're so old. <laughs> the ravages but- of time. Um, it was written by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, which welcome back, Roland Emmerich. Right? Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he did White House Down. He did one of those. I don't remember which one it was. Um, who also <laughs> he also directed this movie. So obviously he's uh very knowledgeable about the White House and about Washington, DC at this point. <laughs> Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 67% rating. Uh, and Metacritic, it, yeah, it was neither fresh nor splat. So it's like like that oh, just weird like a, middle oh. ground. It's just a tomato. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a, an award winning tomato. But no, uh, on Metacritic, it got 59 out of 100. Uh, that is nine positive reviews, eight mixed reviews, and two negative. And according to IMDb, the aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. <laughs> I didn't even read this before. <laughs> I just pulled it up. I just pulled it off of IMDb and I was like, you work. <laughs> I didn't even read it. Oh it's my not, God. The greatest weapon is not the will to survive. It's Will Smith. 
And and Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. I yes. Just, I tried to make a really bad Will pun. But I'm... <laughs> and then we're comparing that movie to Mars Attacks, which came out December 13th, 1996. And the reason why I... So, like, in the past, we've done... We've had a few movies that came out the same year. But I was just really intrigued because, like... Like, obviously, Independence Day was going to be around July 4th when it came out. Right. And Mars Attacks was just... I, it, seeing that it came out in 96 I was just very intrigued like what date did, day did it come out mm-hmm. so December 13th 1996 it was written by Jonathan Gems based off of the trading card series by Len Brown Woody Gelman Wally Wood Bob Powell and Norman Saunders directed by the one and only Tim Burton is this our first Tim Burton I think this is our first Tim Burton. Welcome to the pod, Tim Burton. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 55% splat rating, which is wrong. Uh, <laughs> just going to say it. Needs to be 100. <laughs> 100% fresh. Uh, I think it's one of those Josie and the Pussycat things where it's like mm, nobody understood it in its time. Nobody understood it. We weren't weren't ready for it. And uh, Metacritic gave it a 52 out of 100, which Metacritic gets it because it's around this, like that and Independence Day are around the same uh, scoring. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, they were rated by the same number of critics, at least as far as Metacritic's metric. They got the same amount of negative reviews too. Um, Mars Attacks, only had six positive reviews and 11 mixed but I feel like a mixed reaction to this kind of a movie is expected yeah you have to like be in it to win it (laughs) yeah it's it's a parody which is already a tough sell it's a parody of an extremely niche genre right right which we'll get into in a bit um but according to IMDb Earth is invaded by Martians with unbeatable, excuse me, wrong word, weapons and a cruel sense of humor, which, oh boy. (laughs) There's a lot more to both of these movies, but like, sure, if you're getting a little blurb out there, I guess that's- Yeah, if you you need like the elevator pitch, that's it. Right, yeah. But like with both of these blurbs, they basically- (laughs) <laughs> they they have the same thing going on obviously aliens are coming to earth mm-hmm. but for different reasons yeah <laughs> yeah like in independence day they were the aliens were uh like cockroaches or something or like like it, locusts, locusts yeah. where they uh went to planets destroyed the inhabitants and then used up all the resources and moved on mm-hmm Whereas Mars Attacks, I don't think they really have a reasoning. They, they don't give them a motivation, which is so interesting to me because Mars Attacks, you spend so much more time with the Martians than you do with the aliens in Independence Day. And they get like so much personality and all yeah. of this other stuff that like you really sort of see the Martians so much more, but you have no clue why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> they're there to do experiments on Sarah Jessica Parker and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, and Michael J. Fox's hand. Michael J. Fox, oh my God. <laughs> that movie, I'm, I'm kind of really happy that we made ourselves watch this movie because oh, I haven't seen too. it. I don't think I've seen it since seeing it in 1996. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this in theaters. My parents rented it and we all watched it together as a family. And I had nightmares for months afterwards. Like this movie, and I watched a, a ton of horror movies and stuff as a kid, but this movie gave me actual nightmares. I have sleeping habits that I keep to this day, 24, 25 years later, because of how this movie made me scared as a kid. Oh no! So last night was my first time watching it since then. Are you and okay? I'm fine. This movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> The only two people I remember being in this movie are Martin Short and Sarah Jessica Parker, 
and Lisa Marie by extension, because the Martian girl was the thing that scared me the most. And I remembered that scene with her and Martin Short. And then uh, the next even... thing, the next thing that scared me was Sarah Jessica Parker's head on the Chihuahua's body. So like, <laughs> those are like deeply etched into like my skull. But and like, I remembered nothing else. I did not know Jack Nicholson was in this movie. Jack Black was in it too. Like same thing could be said about Independence Day where it's just about the cast list where I was, you, you texted me about Harry Connick Jr. And I was just like, he's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> taking, watching these movies and taking notes on them. I didn't even bother remembering their character names. They were just, I just wrote down the actors' names because, like, right. well, you know, I could sit here and say Jasmine, but nobody's going to know who that is if I say Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum buddy cop movie. <laughs> Am I wrong though? It's no, you're not wrong. It is, yeah. So, um, we're just going off off the rails here with <laughs> okay. these movies, uh, but like. I don't know. America was very like in the forefront of both of them. It mm-hmm. felt like, like you did see in Independence Day, they did go to other places and there were other nationalities represented and you heard them talk in their native language and whatnot, mm-hmm. especially in that montage towards the end when they figured out how to defeat the aliens. Yeah. But like, but it was still America who figured it out and had was, to let everyone know. It was America, America f- World Police. It was America first. <laughs> we're not. We're not going in that direction with this pod, are we? No, let's not. <laughs> okay. But it was. It was interesting that both movies took the same tactic, where it was like all over America, right? And, and then, well, the-, the president is a major character in both of them, and members of his staff are major characters in both of them but then like you had people out in nevada people in california people in new york new york people outside of dc where was jeff goldblum was he outside of dc or was he in new york he was in new york yeah because he drove down to dc he drove down to dc in less than six hours (laughs) yeah i think he did i I think you can if you're like I mean, if you get lucky with traffic, but if everyone's leaving the city, God, the bridge and tunnel's got to be like. Oh, but he's going into the city. So he is, he had, they showed you he had no traffic. But when he was leaving New York, he should have had traffic. Valid. Very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, in both of them, you had, um, like we said, people in these different cities and they all had to converge together in mm-hmm. one spot in both movies. Except for obviously those that died. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jack Black. (laughs) Yeah. It's also interesting that both of them, different parts of the desert, but both of them, a large chunk takes place in the desert because so much of Mars Attacks is in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And then Independence Day takes us to Area 51, which I think that's part of why they chose Vegas for Mars Attacks. Um, I, I think it's mostly because Tim Burton wanted to do crazy chintzy <laughs> set design. Um, but I think that was a little bit of a play on, uh, you know, Roswell and Area 51. I also think that's why part of it takes place in Kansas, which was a play on the cornfield signs, etc. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Um, as like a random thought I had it might have just been like well we need to pick somewhere that's like not a major city yeah and it's and both of them had the aliens have coordinated attacks which goes to show you that humans are stupid (laughs) (laughs) I also related to that both movies had this very optimistic idea of Americans seeing alien spaceships overhead and not immediately going to war with them. Because <laughs> if either of these things happen in real life, Americans are shooting at those things. Yeah, I, I don't remember his, I don't remember the act. So there was that one general in Mars Attacks that I don't remember the actor's name and I didn't really Rod care. Speaker. Yeah, but I would just call him Trigger Happy General. Because <laughs> like, I mean, we'll get we'll get it when we talk about differences, but like 
they were more caricatures in that movie. Yeah, which going back to both of these movies being America focused, I do think in Mars Attacks, that's largely a satirical choice. Yeah, well, the whole movie was satire. Well, yeah, they're kind of making fun of jingoistic 1950s sci-fi B-movies where everything was like over-the-top American pride. (laughs) Well, so when Independence Day came out, was there still the the summer blockbuster at the time or was that just like the beginnings of it? Oh, this like totally remade the summer blockbuster. Yeah, I was because I was gonna say that, but I didn't know if like prior. I mean, obviously, Jaws created the the term summer blockbuster, right? But um, oh, you had Jurassic Park. Uh, you had Jurassic Park, yeah, but like it wasn't like what it is today, where we have to have like at least two superhero movies and then another big name thing coming out right it's not like oh our studio is dependent on these three tent poles right these to do well so like they put this movie out not knowing what it was going to (laughs) be i mean they probably had an idea but like they were just like if we make our money back that's fine yeah yeah well so in both movies you have the president giving a speech to the people and you see it um, how there's like a montage of, of all the cast members watching the president give a speech like to pacify them. But mm-hmm. Independence Day is known for the hangar speech. Yeah, the we will not go. We will not go. Into the, into the night. To, on this day, <laughs> on Independence Day. <laughs> that's why bill pullman was our greatest president because being president is just making speeches he really was yes (laughs) but Uh, well uh, similarly though jack nicholson does have president jack nicholson does have a a moving speech at around the same time in mars attacks to the martians the big difference is (laughs) the martians pretend to fall for it and then murder him (laughs) it was so good (laughs) and in both movies the first lady dies yeah i mean glenn close dies in a comedic way where she has a chandelier dropped on her but the nancy reagan chandelier the nancy reagan chandelier but (laughs) um the first lady in independence day she's bleeding internally (laughs) yeah that's the one like that I've seen Independence Day more. And that's the one that I remember, especially mm-hmm. when Vivica A. Fox saves her. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she's got something on her, like on her lap that seems to be pinning her down and the dog steps on it. Stupid dog. She was probably, she probably would have survived and then fucking Boomer had to go and step on that thing. Fucking Boomer. Okay, Boomer. oh both of these movies feature dogs yes they do but one of them does not kill the dog experiment on it because the dog is still alive especially when then then it dies when the ship crashes oh that's true that's what you meant yeah and then the first family has a dog that gets vaporized the golden retriever No, but <laughs> and in both movies, the least likely character figures out how to def- defeat the aliens. Yep. Well, not mm, I wouldn't say least likely. Like the non the non heroic lead. How's that? Because like Jeff Jeff Goldblum is a lead in Independence Day, if you will. I mean, yeah. I would argue that like him and Will Smith are the leads of that movie. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, in the credits, it was Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum. And in my head, it would always, you would switch Pullman and Goldblum. I mean, Bill Pullman does give the the passionate speech, so you have to give it to him. That's true. Okay, so Bill... At the time, he might have been a bigger deal, too, than Jeff Goldblum. That's true. 
So, I'm, okay, so the three of those are leads, right? Mm-hmm. But Will Smith is the action hero lead and Bill Pullman is the heart hero lead and Jeff Goldblum is the science brain. Yeah, brainy brain, lead. yeah. So he's the one that figures it out. And then in Mars Attacks, you have Richie, who's played by somebody's name that I don't remember. Lucas Haas. Yes, him. A man who was a very successful child actor and is now most famous for being best friends with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. You're welcome. (laughs) He and his grandma figure out how to defeat the aliens with music? Yeah. I I wasn't sure if it had to be specific music, like yodeling or something. They play two songs by Slim Whitman. So the suggestion is that it's him in particular. And and it doesn't matter the song because they play two different ones. But did I miss, okay. Did I miss something? Like, did, was there an announcement that was spread across the world about playing music or am I? Okay. I think it might, because they put it on a radio broadcast, I think maybe other radio stations figured it out and like, it could have been like a chain event that way. Yeah. But there wasn't some, some big announcement. It was like, guys play music. Yeah. Kill the aliens by playing music. Okay. So I, I didn't blink and miss it. Great. You did not. I'm so happy. Um, I'm also a little confused about Independence Day because I always thought that the alien, when they go into the ship, the mm-hmm. alien at the controller was the queen, but, or like the head Com- alien. Commander. Yeah, but was, was it? I don't know. Because like, obviously in Mars Attacks, there's the high, you see the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, there's the ambassador, quote unquote, wears right. a red cape, the emperor wears a purple cape. I called that one the queen. (laughs) I didn't know. They all look the same. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I did the special features for that one. And I know all of the material refers to that Martian as the Martian emperor. Oh. So he's an emperor. Okay. Um, Do we have any more similarities? I mean. So both movies, there is a divorced couple that reunites. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, it took me a second to realize you were talking about Independence Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Goldblum and... Oh, what's her name? Her, yes. Yeah, oh, that's terrible. I know her name. Anyway, and then Pam Greer and Jim Brown in Mars Attacks, except you don't actually see... I like the way it's done, and I like that that's the second to last thing you see in the movie is him walking into her building. (sighs) But you don't actually see the reconciliation. But it's I'm implied. okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. It's it's implied that they still love each other anyway. Whatever. <laughs> um another thing, this is a bad thing, but it was the trend at the time. The first human person we see die in each movie is a black man. Oh. So both of them are black dude dies first. Who dies first in Independence Day? I thought it was the tower. It was the the helicopter pilots, the welcoming committee. Oh, right. The one we see who gets hit first is a black man. Yes. Sorry, Um, I thought I thought it was like the the party of the of the believers. Yeah, no, that was like immediately after. Um, Yeah. Yep, that was that was their montage of destroying yeah. that. So that's like a really unfun stereotype that both movies play into. In defense of Mars Attacks, at least he was an actual character who got a personality and everything before that point. Um, also, in fairness to both of these movies, like one of the lead heroes is also a black man. Well. Technically, in Mars Attacks, the the cows were the first things to be destroyed. Right. But that's why I said human, Earth human. <laughs> Which is so funny. 
awesome <laughs> i fucking love it so good um, i did so- i did have a, on a personal note though uh-huh. um a similarity is that both movies like bring me such joy <laughs> in a way yeah they're very fun they're, they're very fun, fun and they're like blockbusters in their own way how about that like obviously independence day has the money but uh mars attacks gives you that like good chuckle that you need that you Mm -hmm. didn't know you needed yeah um it was not busting any blocks though unfortunately it should have it was a personal blockbuster how's that (laughs) it busted your block I pay. I bought it on Amazon Prime, not sponsored. Hopefully, one day we will be. <laughs> um, one more similarity I want to point out is, and again, I think this has to do with the time that these movies were made. Both movies, the president has one daughter, and I think in both cases, it's because Bill Clinton was president at the time. She had one daughter, <sighs> but it was interest. It's interesting enough that that like. Mae Whitman, who plays Bill Pullman's daughter in IT4, uh, she is eight? Yeah, something. She's like our age, right? We were eight at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She, but like she was a single digit number, whereas Natalie Portman, I think she was also very young, but like she looks older. Mm-hmm. This is, this had to have been between This was before. And this was before Star Wars. Yeah. Wait a second. Let's do some math. Actually, oh yeah. Well, she was, I think she was like 15 when it came out. She was 15 when it came out. So maybe she was 14 when she filmed it. Yeah. But she looks like she's 17. God damn it. (laughs) I know. know. She has looked exactly the same since then. Just taller. Like, I want want your secrets, Natalie Portman. (laughs) Do I have to do ballet? I'll do ballet and go crazy. <laughs> um, That's really funny. Sorry. I try. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so let's get into some differences, which we've obviously been talking about. But like mm-hmm. the biggest one is that, and we, we've been also dancing around this, but I feel like the biggest one is the tone of the movie. Yes. ID4 was a serious blockbuster. And I didn't call it a satire or like a parody of i just said it's a that mars attacks was a riff on 50s b sci-fi movies that's fair and it was great that they paid homage to it with like the costumes and everything Mm -hmm. but that was also what's his name tim burton's style as well Mm -hmm. where you look at like edward scissorhands and other films that aren't a period piece but they look like a period piece Mm. so because I feel like Mars Attacks is supposed to be a modern day. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, but there there was that time in the 90s where we were dressing like in the 60s. And, you know, pop culture is always going through like a 30 year cycle and a 20 year cycle where <laughs> everything old is new again. Everybody's dressing like it's the 90s now. Oh, wait. To go back, I forgot about this. A similarity is that there's a autopsy of the aliens happening. Ooh, yeah. Oaken um, in ID4. That, that's Brett Spiner, right? Uh, sure. He's the one with the long hair. Yeah, data from Star Trek. That like gets the telepathy from the alien? Yeah. Yeah, Oaken, that's his name. Okay. okay he, uh, you see the... the alien design well so fun fact i i didn't put this as special features but i'm gonna just say it now uh patrick tutapolis who was the make the creature designer for this movie designed had two designs for the aliens that roland emmerich was like make it one (laughs) so oh so that's why they have like the bio suits yes that's cool so the which also the aliens can't breathe our air. Mm, yeah. Well, no, wait, no. They don't really like classify that with um, ID4. Oh, me a Coke. 
But like they make it very known in Mars Attacks, especially Mm. with Lisa Marie's portion that gave you nightmares. (laughs) Oh, it's that that weird little fossy walk through the White House. The, it's the, unnerving. She must have been on like a hoverboard, like a, a yeah, a, a, well, a pre a prehistoric hoverboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, they probably had a track or something. Yeah, where she was just like moving her arms and her hips. <laughs> well, and that's that's also a, a um, something that's different. Where like with her character, she's doing retcon, mm. so. They, there was an alien inside the White House. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're trying to kill the president. Yeah, it's, it's I guess, like an assassination attempt. But yes. But- also, like, the Martians take a lot of time to, like, study humanity, too, in this movie that we see. And in ID4, we don't really see the aliens do any research or anything. They've already done it. Right. But it also feels like in Mars Attacks, the aliens come to Earth pretty quickly. Like in mm-hmm. ID4, it's a slow buildup yeah, to yeah, it. Like it, an hour of them looking it's at like, the It's like 30 minutes of like, five, well, what was it? Like 20, like 20 minutes, 22 minutes into the movie, you actually see the ship, not mm-hmm. just a cloud. Yeah. Like the, the, that famous shot of the ship coming through the cloud. Well, I don't know what to call them because like they had the mothership, the other ships, and then the quote unquote TIE fighters, if you will. I know I'm <laughs> mixing up my, my yeah. alien uh, <laughs> movies here, but yeah, Star Wars yeah, is an alien movie and I'm going to say it now. It is. Who said different? I'll kill them. <laughs> but like you had the little fighter ships and everything. So I don't know what like the mid-sized ones were called. The ones that like. Yeah, I guess they're like cargo ships. Yeah, the ones that they destroyed. And that's what mm. would destroy everything else. It, it's interesting though that like the way that to kill the aliens in ID4 is to plant a virus. <laughs> I always thought that was the dumbest thing ever. This is the first time that like, like I've seen this movie God knows how many times, but this is like the first time in a while that like I really paid attention to it. And I was like, wait, this is is actually clever because it just shows that the aliens have the same weakness as humans, which is hubris, where like the aliens probably never even considered that humans Uh... would have technology that could infiltrate their technology. So why even try to have a safeguard against it? <laughs> and then I was like, that's interesting because humans are also really fucking proud and stupid about it. <laughs> but like, they only had ships. Um, mm-hmm. Mars Attacks, they had a mech suit. <laughs> and like the aliens actually came out of their ships and fought humans mm-hmm. and yeah, they, fought, they I mean, shoot them with lasers and stuff yeah i i, I the design the design of the ships i guess goes with the tone as well where mars attacks ones look like the ones from obviously the 50s where it's the yeah. ufo and if you and it's the spinning hubcap if you oh god I, I i can't believe i had this thought while watching it during the opening credits when you see them come from Mars to Earth and they're all in their like formations and everything. I was just like, they look like silver spinning nipples. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> Whereas in ID4, they're like, this is, this is serious tech and blah, yeah, blah, blah. This is a slick looking technology thing here. And then they took from like other sci-fi where they had um, a shield around and that's what they had to, <laughs> that's how they had to destroy them by taking down the shields and everything. Yeah. Set phasers <laughs> to stun. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I thought was interesting be- comparing both of these movies, because there are characters who like have similar jobs in both movies, it's interesting how many of them have completely different 
personalities and plot functions. Right. And a lot of that is just like sort of the outlook of the movies. Mars Attacks is darkly funny, but very cynical. So like the president is like obsessed with his legacy and obsessed with his image um, in sort of a vain way. Whereas Bill, President Bill Pullman is like, he's the dream president. He's like, he's a nice guy and he just cares about the people. And he's going to help fight to the very end and risk his own life. And then like in each movie, you have a child cast, like children mm. cast in yeah. it. But like in Independence Day, they're just there. Right? It's just like, here's a child so that you can care about them not dying. Right. And in Mars Attacks, like we said, Richie, which I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but like he's the one that figures it out. And then mm. you have first daughter Natalie Portman who is there to kind of like be sassy but also survives yeah <laughs> as and then and then Pam Greer's kids yeah are there and they like kick ass wait did you recognize her oldest son no similar to Jack Black he's somebody who was not famous at the time but has become famous since then that was Ray J oh I did read that yeah Oh my God. I, watching this movie, I was like, that kid kind of looks like Ray J. That's weird. And I was like, what the fuck? There was a lot going on that I was just like, what? (laughs) But yeah, uh, those two, Cedric and Neville, are their character names. They, (laughs) because they skip school a lot to play arcade games. So they're able to just like pick up the laser guns from dead Martians and shoot them better than Secret Service can. <laughs> Which goes into like a weird Star Wars as well, like parody. Yeah. Where like the stormtroopers are, uh, uh, well, like obviously they then have justified because like their helmets they can't really see, which mm-hmm. is dumb, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, which, Design like, a new helmet. <laughs> the stormtroopers can't shoot shit. So it's like <laughs> that kind of trope as well. Right. Um, I did like, though, that Tom Jones saved the day. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had to be so happy to like play himself in that part. Speaking more of character types, like you have the welcoming people who are like the little hippie ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the way that they do it is also is very vastly different. Mm-hmm. They have the welcoming party in LA, yeah, with with Vivica Fox's uh, stripper friend, yeah, and then obviously Annette Bening in Mars Attacks. <laughs> One thing that I thought was really interesting as a contrast, um, and this is kind of an extension, or or maybe this is like the source of why the characters are so different in each movie. Independence Day is very optimistic about the role of the government and the military and academics um, in a situation like this. And they're the ones who save the day and survive and everything. Mars Attacks, those are the people who fuck up a lot and die horribly. Right. It's the working class, normal people who figure everything out and actually are way more effective at fighting the Martians and ultimately survive. But like even the media members who are all in Mars Attacks, they're like these over-the-top sensationalist reporters and everything, and they <laughs> die horribly. <laughs> like, like there is like kind of a morality in Mars Attacks where like the bad, greedy people die and like the people who are actually working together and, you know, don't, you know, are more down to earth. They're the ones who ultimately survive. Poor Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) The only like working class civilian characters in Independence Day are Randy Quaid and his family. And Randy Quaid dies. And even he's a military veteran, but he's not active military. That is Randy Quaid. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like one of like the main characters who dies in Independence Day. It's such a sad like death too I, know. I think i teared up a little bit this time yeah because like he... his son heard it oh uh, 
And his son has like no real part in this movie. He's just there. Yeah. He's just there to yell at his dad and tell him how dumb he is. Yeah. <laughs> they just serve really no purpose. Yeah. I think uh, Randy Quaid's character is interesting because that's a play on, you know, people who claim to have been abducted by aliens. And like, it turns out he's been speaking the truth this whole time. Right. And he's also like former mil- he 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 has like multi-layer involvement in his character where it's that it's also like former military so it there's still like a little ptsd going on there right um which is like where people think he invented quote unquote the abduction story he's he's blue collar uh both actually movies have a trailer park because there you have that one scene in the desert where they're going to Will Smith and it's all the RVs mm-hmm. going to them. And then in Mars Attacks, Richie's parents live in a trailer park as well. And yeah. you see other people. And like Christina Applegate, who's in this movie. Who has, I think, like one line. Yeah. And like she was she was in Married with Children at the time. So that's bizarre because she it's not like this is before she was famous. Right. And <laughs> she, that was a name I saw on the, when, when, uh, in the opening credits. And I was just like, she's in this? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that it's such a small part. And then she dies having sex with somebody. Yeah. I, I love that the Martians are perverts too. Oh my God. That, that whole montage is amazing. <laughs> it really is. Uh, is there anything else to add to the Venn diagram? Oh, those are, I think, all of the big points. Yeah. Let's get into some special features. Special features. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Uh, So, at this point, we like to talk about some trivia, fun facts that we found out about each movie. Um hopefully to surprise each other and you my goal is to have shady's head explode (laughs) like a Uh, martian so i took independence day and since that came out first i'm gonna go first this movie holds the record for the most miniature models used in one film which i appreciate you know like it was great that they used real things in this movie because that they were going for that and yeah, obviously I, in mars attacks they wanted like the cheesy cgi graphics at the time right. i i do think like a similarity and a difference that i didn't really mention was i think both of the special effects hold up really well but for those different reasons right there are f- trivia on all, all my trivia i pulled from imdb and there are like mm-hmm. factoids talking about how like they only had one shot to do the white house explosion so like they te- they planned it for a while and they tested it. So oh, like it so good. And like watch rewatching it, I couldn't tell if that the one fight that they have in the desert with all the planes and the sh- the little battleships and everything from the aliens, I mm-hmm. couldn't tell if those were models or if that was CGI, which is great. Yeah. Whatever it was, it worked perfectly. It did look real those effects look better than movies that come out now with like yeah billion dollar budgets so good job everyone yeah um this is a fun fact so we kind of talked about uh president bill pullman's speech right Mm -hmm. uh it was filmed on august 6th 1995 at the hangar that once held the Enola Gay, the plane that dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima 50 years earlier to the day. Whoa. So speaking of like time and everything. Yeah. According to IMDB, so take take this with a great assault. I like combined two trivias in one for this one. The script was written in four weeks, sent out on a Thursday for offers and started pre-production the following Monday, and then was the film was shot in 72 days. So, like, right? Like, blockbusters these days are shot in, like, five months, six months <laughs> to a like year. 
something of this scale that so many people you have to get together so many actors so many plus the models like you have to figure out how to do models and stuff like that so wow that's amazing it was done very fast in 1994 or 5 I don't know when they started I didn't get that far right um there, there's then, probably a, there's had to have been a lengthy post for this movie oh yeah um and then as a sexy segue oh the hype of this movie caused Warner Brothers to postpone the release of Mars Attacks oh so appar- apparently it was supposed to happen I think in July as well or June or something like that and then they pushed it back to December oh so, so it sad. was supposed to be a summer movie yeah no that's okay uh mars attacks did not do very well at all at the box office huge bomb very expensive movie and that is largely blamed to some degree on independence day just because it was like oh man we just had a movie about like this big all-star ensemble cast led by the u.s president like But also the one we made is purposely very goofy. Yikes. So that was, you know, not great. I did read that Mars Attack, um, Independence Day did have the highest grossing movie of 1996. It sure did. Because a lot of my stuff tied, a lot of what I read on trivia pages for Mars Attacks tied back into Independence Day. Aww. But yeah, it had a budget of $70 million. Its box office was $101.4 million. Unfortunately, that is not triple the $70 million budget. So that's, no. considered, that's considered a loss. Yeah, because like that $70 million is the budget for the movie, not right. like advertising and all that. Right. Yeah. Marketing and distribution costs a lot more. So you estimate, I mean, I guess the nineties, it was probably closer to double. If you double your budget, then you've made a profit. Nowadays, it's not considered a profit until you've tripled your budget. Almost quadruple. Yeah. Like it's depending on the film. Right. So I think in the nineties, the threshold was a little bit lower, but still Mars Attacks did not clear that. (laughs) But Tim Burton has said that he considers it because it was released on December 13th. He considers it a Christmas movie. On it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And then we can say similarity because one of these movies is a holiday 4th of July movie. And one of them is a holiday Christmas movie. I'll buy it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he has also justified having the Martians have green lasers and red lasers with that argument. I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. It's my new (laughs) Christmas movie. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Howard Stern apparently in the 80s did a bit on his radio show where he, it involved an alien invading attack. And then ultimately the aliens are stopped because of the music of Slim Whitman. So Howard Stern, after this movie came out, got on his show and he played that clip and he was like, no, I'm not going to sue them or anything. But like, this is like a crazy coincidence, right? Right? Like, wink, wink. Exactly. I forgot I am recording this audio. Yeah, this is an audio medium, Shady. Um, (laughs) I don't don't Um, know if, I don't know if our producers told you this, but this is an audio um, medium that gonna share you're the producer john yes yes i am (laughs) (laughs) i'm Um, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure i've told you this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so howard stern was you know surprised uh to see this movie where aliens are killed by the music of slim whitman a couple years later he had tim burton on as a guest on his show and he mentioned that and like you know, went into detail about his bit and everything from the 80s. And Tim Burton was like, okay, you should have sued me. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, though. Tim Burton didn't write it. So, Jonathan Gems, you got got some explaining to do. (laughs) I do think, like, Burton's little you should have sued me thing 
kind of hints to it like purely being a wild coincidence. Yeah, but Jonathan Gem's got some explaining to do. <laughs> Come on the pod. <laughs> do the explaining. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> so I did a little bit of research into the trading cards that this is based off of. Okay. They were originally published in the 1960s, and obviously Tim Burton at the time was a weird little gothy child in like Burbank, California. So (laughs) obviously he bought them and collected them, but they were discontinued for a long time because they were so graphic that they were considered uh, illicit content. It's a little bit quaint nowadays to look at them and be like, how is this something you like censored um but they are like they are like filled with disturbing imagery they are even more graphic than the movie is in a lot of ways a lot more suggestive than the movie is but the company that made them had another series called dinosaurs attack and that was the one that they actually wanted to make into a movie and then jurassic park came out and they were like well we can't do another dinosaur movie because People are just going to compare it to Jurassic Park. Let's do Mars Attacks instead. And then Independence Day came out the same year. <laughs> they can't win. They just can't win. They, all, they would have been better off doing Dinosaurs Attack because then at least there would have been a big blockbuster between them. Right? Um, yeah, they, they really got unlucky with this movie. Okay, so have you actually looked at the cards? Yeah. Wow. They are, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. They are, wow. Oh, I'm destroying a dog. Yeah. What? Yeah. Poor Rufus. Um, and they were used as inspiration for the story for the movie. And obviously the Martians are designed the same way. Right. But the cards have their own story, which is different from the movie. Oh, I didn't realize that they had a story. I thought they yeah. were just... That was like kind of the, I think like the point was like you would try to collect as many as you could and then it was like a comic book. Yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that each of them have a number. Yeah, so So you're supposed to collect as many as you can and then if you end up with extras, um, you trade them with other kids who collect them. Ooh, death in the cockpit. Ooh, no. (laughs) Um, so I want to go back to Jack Nicholson playing two characters in this movie. Yeah, what's up with that? You'll recall Jack Nicholson had previously worked with Tim Burton on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton was also in Batman. He was Batman. <laughs> and then was also Beetlejuice and he'd worked with Tim Burton a few times. Uh, Michael Keaton, I can't piece together what the exact story is. But I got trivia that said that Michael Keaton was considered to play the president. And then I got uh, a tidbit that said Michael Keaton was going to play Art Land, the guy who owns the casino. Okay. And had to drop out. I had read that Jack Nicholson was offered both parts and was basically told whichever one you want you've got because you're Jack Nicholson. And when he found out that both parts needed to be filled, he was like, can I play both parts? Additionally, Tim Burton was told by the studio, you cannot kill whichever character Jack Nicholson plays, especially if he's playing the president, because we will not release the movie where Jack Nicholson dies. And Tim Burton did not like being told that. So he cast Jack Nicholson in two roles and killed both of them. (laughs) And it was interesting that they didn't like heavily make up his face for art. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's still very clearly Jack Nicholson. Because I had a moment where part of me thought that somehow art was going to play the president. Oh, so it would be like a little switcheroo. Yeah, I, I had that moment, but that must have been a true, that's was a, a thing for another movie that I can't remember right now. Dave? Probably. <laughs> sure, go with it. Uh-huh. And that I also want to point out because it's Tim Burton and he's very famous for working with actors multiple times, that in addition to Jack Nicholson, in this movie we have uh, Sylvia Sidney who plays the grandmother, Richie's grandmother, who played Juno in Beetlejuice. 
Uh, that's how I know her. <laughs> uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, who was previously in Ed Wood, uh, which uh -huh. is Tim Burton's most recent movie. And then, of course, Danny DeVito, who played the Penguin in the part that should have won him an Academy Award. Where's Hannah Bonham Carter? And or what's her name that he works with these days? Eva Green? Yeah. Where, where are they? Where are they? Eva Green, I don't think, was acting yet. <laughs> and Helena Bonham Carter was doing uh, Shakespeare. Ugh, <laughs> rude. Um, but Johnny Depp was offered the part that eventually went to Michael J. Fox, and he turned it down. And I don't know why. I was surprised Michael J. Fox was in this movie. Do you want to know something fun that you probably already know? Yes. Do you know who the voice of the translator was? It was Roger Jackson, who was the <gasps> voice on Scream, the phone, the voice, the the, vo the ghost face voice. Oh my! God. I didn't know that. Surprise. I did know. Well, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention this for Independence Day that Frank Welker did some voice work for the aliens in Independence Day. I did. <laughs> and he also was the voiceover actor for the Martians in Mars Attacks. So these movies share one actor. Which is surprising. Yeah. Considering they're like an actor dump of <laughs> movies. Like like Va Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve and all those other ones that came out a few years ago. <laughs> like Oh my God, this cast were Mars Attacks. And I can't believe I couldn't remember a single person outside of Martin Short and Sarah Jessica Parker. I only really remembered Sarah Jessica Parker. The Chihuahua thing. Chihuahua thing. Do it's you so know, did you find out how they did Lisa Marie's dress? Because I was looking at it. I'm like, that's very interesting. And I don't know how, like it was very cool and like I like I love the design of it mm -hmm. but I was trying to figure out how they did it well I did read that it had no buttons no zipper she had to be sewn into it, it every a, day it had a seam here yeah she was sewn into it wow <laughs> Colleen Atwood is a genius and I'll never understand wow because like watching it there there was a close-up of her and you could see her shoulder seam mm -hmm. and like if you pay attention closely you can see the seam there and where the swirl the red swirls they were cut and matched at the shoulder which for those of you who don't know pattern matching or print matching is very difficult so it was just very i was just very intrigued on if there was any secrets revealed on how they did it in your trivia Look. Yeah, the, the most I got out of that was that she was sewn into it every day. Aw, uh, like Olivia Newton-John. Exactly. I'm calling you. Great. Let's get into final thoughts. We ask the same five questions at the end of every episode. Is this how I start this section? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we ask the same five questions at the end of every episode, uh, sometimes altering it depending on what we're doing, but we're back to normal on a, a regular schedule. So, Shady, can you think of other movies like this? There are other alien invasion movies. I can't think of any that have this kind of sprawling ensemble cast. Right. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking, like, oh, Signs or War of the Worlds, um, which, you know, maybe that's a future episode someday. But those are movies that are hyper-focused on a single family. I mean, I guess we could say Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, yeah, duh. But, like, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I don't know how similar it would be besides, you know, having all the giant ensemble and it's an alien invasion. Yeah. Or if there's maybe a sci-fi channel movie, maybe. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. 
I, I'm sure there are movies. I just can't think of any. You can't think of anything off the top of my head. Did we like them? I mean, yes, I like them. I, I'm not going to lie. I have a brand new appreciation for Independence Day because this was the first time in a while that I like really closely watched it. And I realized like, like this is like the archetypical big, dumb, fun movie. But like really paying attention to the screenplay, I was like, this isn't dumb. This is actually like really stealthy, clever. Yeah, like how Jeff Goldblum figured everything out. I was like, oh, I never realized this. Even just the way it gets you to care about that many characters really quickly. Like it's such a silly little thing. But the thing with the cigars with Will Smith is such a clever really complicated thing because what that's doing is when he gives the cigar to Jeff Goldblum these two men have just met but like you understand without either of them having to say it you understand okay well they have a bond now because that's a thing that Will Smith did with Harry Connick Jr. his best friend yes and something as basic as like saying this is how you do a three-act movie yeah and and again this movie this movie's like 40 minutes longer than Mars Attacks or something, right? It's two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's a pretty long movie, but it moves so well. And it was it was fascinating to watch it because all of the iconic shots are in the first act. Yeah. So like what you see when they say on like TV, when they're like, we're going to show Mars Attacks on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. Or not Mars Attacks, Independence Day. <laughs> with like the White House blowing up. That's in like the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You yeah, have another no. two hours left of film. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a movie that I've always liked, but like I never like fully appreciated before. So I actually love this movie more now than I did a day ago. Yeah, and, then, and Mars Attacks, like, I mean, classic. you uh, you had a come to Jesus moment with it. <laughs> yes getting over your fear of it and like I haven't seen it in forever so re-watching it it was just like this is really funny yeah I'm like really la- good laugh out loud you know split my sides kind of funny just even the first time you meet Glenn Close and she's like talking about redecorating the Roosevelt room and then they take a picture and she pushes the designer out of the way yes. I busted a gut laughing at that it was so perfect Glenn Close was amazing in this movie. Uh, Would we recommend them? Highly. Highly recommend. I mean, everyone has seen Independence Day at this point. Right. (laughs) Go watch Mars Attacks. Um, Maybe not if you're eight years old. Maybe not if you're eight years old, no. Unless you have... Why are you listening to our podcast? But thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, We love all of our listeners. And then finally, are they actually the same? I think... There are so many particular things that are similar. I might have say besides tone, yes. And the tone is like the big factor of it. Right. The tone is so important to both movies. Yeah. I mean, that's a very simple premise that has been done before. And then, but like throw in the fact that it's an ensemble of stars. Mm-hmm. Um and the president is one of and the main characters and the American press secretary. Se- right, it's American-centric and right. um, they have to like meet up somewhere. It's a bunch of like little stories where they have to meet up somewhere. Mm-hmm. So like, but, like I said, besides tone, I want to say yes, because if you take away the tone of each of these movies, yeah. But if you add the tone, they are very different movies. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ. I'm gonna agree, but differ with you. Okay. Where I very much agree that like plot point by plot point, like you could make a bullet point of each movie that's identical, but the tone is so important that it completely remakes the whole thing. So I'm gonna say no, they are not the same movie. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> like we're we're saying the same thing, but you're the, coming the... out to so yes, they're the same. And I'm coming out to no, they're not. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. English is hard these days. Ack, ack, ack. So if you want to ack, ack, ack me, um, you can on Twitter at Movies John. You can at me on Twitter at Cookie O'Shady. Do you have a cookie that you are today, Shady? 
I'm going to be a sugar cookie that is green and red. I was going to say painted that has royal icing on it in the shape of like a green alien head. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's going to be an American flag for Independence Day. But then also... The alien yeah. flag in in <laughs> Mars Attacks. That oh yeah, because they have a Mars flag. When when they when they kill President Jack Nicholson, <laughs> they conquer Earth with the flag. It's so stupid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and if you want to get in touch with us at the podcast, if you want to ack ack us, um, I'm saying ack ack, not at at. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) john you're such a beautiful human thank you uh you can email us at movie deja vu pod at gmail.com we're on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu pod and we're on twitter at movie deja vu no pod why shady because the pod was Harry Connick Jr. And we for, we forgot that he was even involved. Not the way that I thought you were going. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting, and we're heading back into our every other week release schedule. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the last month of us talking about um, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. We have plans to do something similar in the super future. So look out for that. But in two weeks, we'll be back with another episode comparing Jaws versus Jurassic Park movies we've mentioned in this episode. Yeah, it's almost like they're summer blockbusters. They are. And it's a fan submitted episode too. (gasps) Ooh. So exciting. Shady, um, I have a date with Annette Bening in Tahoe. And Tom Jones, you know, is going to be there. Um, oh, we're going to sing to the animals. Yeah, put okay. on your put on your bindi, and we'll, we'll <laughs> and we'll do we'll do some mushrooms, and when we get there, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll we'll pet some deer. How's that? <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to put an arm out, and a bird is going to land on me. <laughs> a dove. <laughs> All right. Bye for now, everyone. No, no, no. You got to do it. One last time for me, man.